Welcome to the Barely Liquid Podcast. On this show, I talk about planning a life around illiquidity. Join us as we navigate around the complexities of investing in businesses, real estate, and more. To learn more, visit jakecran.com. That's J-A-K-E-C-R-A-N.com. All right, I'm here with Garrett Starks. What's going on, man? Good morning. How are you? All right. Before we get going, and I'm super excited about today about diving into PNC insurance. I think everyone has seen how it's gotten pretty expensive for the last couple of years. Um, talk about what business owners can do, what real estate owners can do. Um, but before we get going, just dive in and tell us a little bit about you, man. Yeah. So I am a insurance broker with Insurance One Agency. We're a regional property and casualty firm um, that offers both business and personal insurance to our clients. So what is property and casualty insurance? If I'm just if I'm listening to this, I'm not I hear insurance and there's life insurance, disability insurance. What exactly falls under the umbrella of property and casualty? That's a good question. And uh, so under the umbrella of property and casualty, you have your coverages for property on the business side. It might be someone's um, building that they own, any personal um, business property or vehicles that they own, those types of things. And then under the casualty heading is your liability coverages. So your general liability, personal liability on homeowners, auto liability, and then as well, umbrella liability. And that's the main heading of property and casualty. Within that, there's more specialized coverages that fall under it, like professional liability for some contractors or um, accountants. There's a, there's a lot of coverages under property and casualty. The biggest difference is it's pretty much anything that is not life or health insurance generally falls under the property and casualty heading. Those are the two sectors in the insurance industry and i focus just on the property and casualty side awesome so anything that's not life and health and obviously health insurance has had its day in the sun of getting so expensive etc the last decade two decades but i think people have noticed that their pnc policies whether it be their car their home or they own a industrial building or for their business. They've noticed that PNC insurance has gotten so expensive. I mean, I have, I was paying, gosh, for our two cars and my umbrella, I think I was paying, I think I went up like 30%, like when it renewed in August. So yeah. why is that happening? It's a, it's a very interesting time in the property and casualty world. Over the past couple of years, we've seen a large shift to where what normally might be increases, small increases, people are seeing these really large increases like you're seeing. And it's both on the commercial and personal side, personal being home and auto. Main factors leading into that is the insurers are struggling to get profitable within certain segments. And what we've seen is, I'll split into two sides. So on the bit on the commercial side, take commercial property for an example, real estate. We've seen a exodus of carriers that are interested in certain types of um, property insurance. And so what that's done is cause the firms that are still able to write it, they have so many submissions coming across their desk. So supply and demand, there are so many people needing insurance, but not as many companies there to provide it. So that's one factor leading into it. Another one is the insurance companies reinsurance. So insurance companies that are providing insurance to consumers or businesses oftentimes purchase reinsurance. They pass along the risk. The cost of that has gone up significantly for them. So just the price of the prop for them to provide the product 
has gone up, which then consumers and businesses are seeing in their policy renewals. Really in uh, property and casualty, both on commercial and um, personal, the number of storms that we've had here in North Texas have not helped. Um, continuous hail claims um, were a large wind hail risk area. So a lot of insurers as a whole are not as interested in writing homes or buildings in North Texas. So that also plays into the large increases that people are seeing. On the personal side, it follows the same scenario that's going on in commercial. Just the number of claims, the cost to reconstruct somebody's roof or fix an item that is a covered loss has gone up due to inflation. The cost of labor has played into that factor. So there's numerous factors on the back end that then play into the increases that individuals and businesses are seeing. So it sounds like, put simply, like you could, at least here in North Texas, that you could inflation, like mm -hmm. wage inflation, the cost to replace, yep. supply chains getting messed up, yep. and weather events. Those are like yes. the main two things. Yes. And is yes. that why the cost of like the insurance company's cost of reinsurance has gone up as well? Yes, it all plays into what what their cost to provide the product is. If they have more frequent claims or larger claims that were not originally thought that it would get that high, for an example, labor costs have gone up or materials since COVID, um, that is also playing that plays into the reinsurance cost for these firms because they're paying out larger claims in the end, or it's costing them more to fix what they're insuring. So where does it go from here? Has this like happened i'm sure this has happened before i mean things that like hit my mind are like katrina and hurricane rita those were back to back and so i imagine in different areas of the country there's like spikes does yeah. it, the price ever go down or does it just kind of plateau and then slow historically um it, it should in theory as hopefully more supply enters the market we see insurers get profitable into where their, their balance sheet is better. Hopefully we'll see some um, softening of the market. We call it a hard market right now in our industry where it's not, there's no relief in terms of year over year renewals. We're seeing a large increase, called that a hard market. I haven't been, I entered the industry whenever it was really leading into this hard market. So I haven't gotten to see a softer market or a scenario where prices are going down, but Hopefully once these insurers get profitable, we'll at least see a, the first thing we need to see is a plateau. That's the first thing we need to see is just a stabilization. And then hopefully from there, supply and demand as products become, you know, ins certain insurers get more profitable, their product may become cheaper. And so then you'll see the supply and demand work itself out. Yeah. So how do I know if I'm a consumer and let's just do personal insurance right now yeah. um and my monthly bill goes up from 320 bucks a month to 400 bucks a month and i think like i'm not i'm embarrassed i'm not even sure what that covers i think it's just our two cars on that yeah. i think um because the house stuff is escrowed in so i think that's just our two cars it's like 400 bucks a month now how do i know yeah. i'm not paying too much and like when do i know it i should spend the time to maybe contact someone like you to make yeah. sure I'm getting a fair price. So the best thing you can do is get with 
a someone that has multiple options, get with a broker that can find the best deal for you. And so that way, as the consumer, your point of contact hasn't changed. Even though a different company may be writing your insurance, your point of contact and your agent hasn't changed and you can build that lasting relationship that you know that they're out there to look out for you. If rates do increase, they're going to go out to the market for you and make sure either A, you're still getting the best deal out there possible or B, is there a better option? So I would say take a look at your policy, um, contact a broker um, and work with them, find someone that you trust and see, you want to see results from their marketing efforts. Ask questions. Where did we go? You know, if, if it's not something that's being provided up front, at least in a conversation, you want to make sure that as many companies are seeing your, yet you're getting to as many companies as possible. That way you're finding the best rate or deal in the market. So like what, how do I know I have a good broker? What am I seeing like every year? Every, well, you want to see someone that is um, working with you every year, reaching, you know, at, at, on a personal renewal, they're reaching out to you and giving an update on what is what's happening for this upcoming renewal not someone that comes in the day before says oh it's good to go um let's renew it you want someone at least coming in a little earlier working with you giving an update on what's going to happen from your current product and then giving an outlook on the market either do we think that there's an opportunity to go find a better deal or is this probably going to be our best deal but we're going to check in any way to benchmark against the rest of the market so the, you just want to find someone that is upfront, transparent, and is providing the results and what they found. Even if it's a, there wasn't a better deal out there, you still want to see that X, Y, and Z number of companies took a look at it and provided a quote. Then you can at least know if you're getting into those scenarios where you see a 20, 30% increase, and it's a huge increase, you at least want to, if that is the best deal in the market, you want to know that that's the best because it's such a large increase. You want to see the results that it was the best op offering still. Is there like a credit score impact for your insurance? So like if I go apply for a credit card every day, the uh, the good folks at Equifax or whatever, Experian, they're, they're not going to, yeah. they're going to think I'm in trouble and they're going <laughs> to say, shoot this guy, we're going to ding his credit score. So there is if you're going out. Yeah, go ahead. There is a factor of credit score and see it a lot on um, the personal insurance side. It's oftentimes a um, question that is asked um, and they'll run the credit to check either payment history. There's a whole lot of factors that they're looking for, but there are people that get declined from certain insurers due to credit issues. The insurer will state credit problems as to why they don't want to quote it. Um, it can also impact the rate. And so credit does play a part into it. And I, I think more broadly, I, I, that's a great point. But as the broker, like you can't go change someone's insurance every single year because there's like some kind of score out there, right? That's dinging the customer. I'm like, oh, this guy's switching every year. We don't want to insure him, right? There is, yeah, there is. Um, that happens. That can happen a lot more on the commercial side to where if there's a trend in certain industries where people see it coming across their underwriters, the people actually looking at these policies and determining the premium, see it every single year, but don't get a good opportunity on it, they may be less likely to put their best foot forward the next year. So you want to be strategic in 
remarketing it and getting out there in the personal insurance side, home and auto. There is a factor into that. Um, a lot of times if the policies are canceled midterm or there's a lot of jumping around, sometimes the companies will see that in their in their um, algorithm that they look into in order to determine rates. Um, I have seen that get flagged in terms of uh, canceled an auto policy within the cert first certain number of months or weeks, and it just plays into them not wanting to write the risk. So without naming names, I don't want to name names, but I think the public needs to be educated on why, like the difference between working with a company that is represented on commercials by Deion Sanders or Nick Saban or a lizard or Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey or good hands. Mm -hmm. What is the difference between going directly to one of those institutions versus finding someone who doesn't have any commercials, isn't spending marketing money. Like what's, what's the difference? The biggest difference is a lot of the, um, advertisements that you see out there may be from a direct writer being that they, they offer their single product and that's it. So you are subject to those rate increases year over year. And there's no, they're not take, going out and looking at the rest of the market for you, what their product is, their product is what it is. And that's what your renewal is going to be. Working with someone that's a broker, maybe not, you're not seeing them on TV all the time. But what you're going to get is a white glove approach. Someone that is there every step of the way they want to, they'll pick up the phone. You're getting the same um, team member every single time you get to know them on a personal level. Um, and then someone that doesn't have any strings attached to, I have to quote it with this product and that's it. Um, completely, you know, someone that's completely independent and that is going to find the best premium for you because for them, that's, that's their job is to find the best premium. And that's what our job is to find the best premium and coverage for you and help you help the consumer find, make a determination as to what their best policy is. Absolutely. And I think if I'm a consumer, what's important to me is that I've got someone that's gonna answer the phone and I'm able to talk to, like when something happens, I've got an advocate. And I think um, brokers who are not captive to a single company and can go to several companies have a easier time um, yeah. representing me and helping me along that, like in the event of a claim, because you will have a claim. Like right. you will get in a car crash, you will, have something happened to your house, it's just a part of life. Mm -hmm. um, and you need an advocate in that situation. And then you also, I mean, I never want to go direct to just one company that's offering it all. And that isn't able to shop my rate. So the ability to say, hey, like you're with X company, it's $400 a month right now. But Y company is offering 350. Here's why or why not we should switch like that's right, just enormous value. And that's out there. So Right. Consumers yes, hear that. Right. Especially in a market like we're in right now where you see these significant increases year over year for policies, you want to have that flexibility. And for the consumer and businesses working with a broker, it takes the burden off of having to reshop re their policies on their own. And so the, the we're able to do that for them and take that burden off them to where as this market continues to change hopefully eventually it plateaus we'll get into a softer market 
we're able to easily pivot with the changes as a, as a certain company gets more profitable or gets better rates, we can easily move over to it. And, but for the, the individual or the business, their point of contact, the broker or their agent has not changed. They still understand their, their home and auto, or they understand their business and what makes their business unique, what is important to them and how they like to be serviced, the broker still knows that and nothing's changed on that level. Just the actual company providing the insurance may have changed. And is that any more expensive than like if I'm a DIYer and I'm shopping it online and I think I've got it together, is that going to be, if I hire someone like you, is that going to be more expensive? It, it depends. Um, I've seen the online platforms have better rates at times. I've also seen them being far more expensive at times. It really just depends. Just like any other, just like company A and company B have different rates, different online platforms in relation to the products we're able to offer change and, you know, will some will get cheaper and then they'll progress and get more expensive. Uh, we've seen it on both sides. And the most important thing that you want to look for whenever you're with a broker is look for someone that is not adding an additional fee onto their policy. Um, brokers will get paid a portion of the commission or the, a portion of the premium, um, a percentage of it. Make sure that there's no additional fees added on there. You don't want a policy fee um, on your auto policy for $100 or something like that. It's just, you wanna look for someone that is just there to provide the product at the cheapest, the best coverage and the cheapest price possible. And the insurance company will pay you. You're not, the, the, the customer is not paying anything extra. No, not on the home and auto. Some, in some unique commercial um, programs, it's operated at a zero percentage commission. And then you negotiate the, the you and the, your client come to an agreement on what the services are worth for them. But on home and auto, agents get paid a commission percentage based on the total policy premium. And I think like, but like you're not having to pay anybody extra to have an independent broker on home and auto. You need to have someone that's in the market every day and someone yeah. that you like and someone that you trust and someone that gets your situation yep. and an ad that they're in the market every day and they're talking to these insurers and they're seeing what's happening. They're going to be able to make a better decision than you can just scouring the internet. So that Absolutely. would be, we'll wrap a bow on the, the personal um, property and casualty umbrella, like yeah. your home insurance, your auto insurance, but that would be um, my advice to you. Yeah. So uh, one important thing on the, if uh, whenever people do tend to go direct platforms where they're able to do it online, they're doing research, it's understanding what certain coverages do. So your, your regular home policy may not cover you full circle. There, there may be some um, exposures that aren't picked up in your base policy. So things like water seepage or leakage, water backup, foundation coverage, sewer line coverage or service line coverage. Those are things that you wanna, working with a broker who's in the market every day understands the risks and if they're applicable to you is a value add beyond having to do that research on your own and you're sitting there going, well, I don't know what half of this stuff is. It seems like it should be covered you know, in the, in my policy, well, it may not be. Yeah. It's, it can get so confusing. And as someone it who has, really Oh, someone who allegedly myself has college credits and insurance stuff. And I'm qualified. Like I would say, get a smart broker who cares about you <laughs> and that you like them 
and mm -hmm. that wants to educate you as well. If, yeah. if the consumer wants to be, that yeah. is interested in educating you as well. Absolutely. So let's talk about business owners. Let's say I go get an SBA loan and I go buy a service business like a HVAC company or mm -hmm. plumbing business and I get all their insurance documents. And so I say, Hey, Garrett, can you help me take a look at this? What, yeah. what do you do next and what do I need to be on the lookout for? What we would do in that scenario is do a full policy review. Take a look at what the um, outgoing policy is, what it has, maybe what it doesn't have, and make come approach the client and say, here would be our recommendations to build on this policy. In those scenarios, say you just, you're just getting into it for the first time, handling some commercial insurance to that level, things you want to be looking for, you're going to have to have general liability. Um, oftentimes to enter job sites, you're going to have to show a certificate of insurance that proves that you have general liability. So that is the most important thing and is the foundation of what those firms need from the baseline. From there, you want to look at umbrella coverages. Do you need an umbrella policy? What, what are your contract requirements in order to work on certain jobs, especially if you're doing commercial HVAC work in order to enter the job site, your general contractor may have certain umbrella coverage limits that they require before you can even get on the job site. So those are the, you know, the, the bare bones things you want to make sure that you have that way you can get yourself an opportunity to, you know, excel within your business and be able to do as many jobs as you want. Beyond there, you want to look at your auto coverage. If you have a fleet of autos, do you have the proper limits? Do you have, are you covering yourself from you know, other angles on hired, not owned. If someone's running an air, an errand for your company in their personal vehicle, is your entity, the business protected liability wise in there? And then beyond that, it's coverage for your tools and equipment. Do you need some, do you have tools sitting out at your job site that you need covered? There's a whole lot of things that you need to consider. And that's where sitting down with a broker and just give, you know, giving them the full scope of what you, your operations are, what your exposures are, what you have, and helping them or letting them develop a good approach for you and working alongside you to bring to your attention the applicable coverages to your operation. That's great. What, uh, for a company like that, how large is their insurance expense as like a percent of like revenue or however you want to classify it? It seems like it'd be a it, ton. It really depends on the type of work they're doing. Um, there's no tried and true. It's going to be this percentage because there's a lot of factors. One being what type of work you're doing. If you're a roofer doing, uh, commercial and residential roof work versus a residential HVAC contractor, your insurance rates are going to be far different because your exposures are different exposures being the light, the types of claims that can happen and the likelihood of them happening. Um, the other thing that plays in that is loss history. If there's been losses throughout um, the policy in the past five years, those are going to play into your rate as well. So there's not really a tried and true. It's going to be X percentage just because there's so many factors that play into it. And I, it's all across the board. So there's really not a way to say it's going to be, you know, ballpark this much, especially in the commercial side. Yeah, no, for sure. So what are some opportunities out there for business owners or maybe private equity firms that have a portfolio of businesses if they're like given the current environment they own businesses here in north texas mm -hmm. and it's getting more expensive what are some things that they should be on the lookout for 
So it's the same, what we're seeing, like we talked about earlier with the personal side, we're seeing a lot of the same things in the commercial side, significant increases in those factors that we talked about are mostly the same leading factors, reinsurance, those types of things. What you want to be looking for is making sure that your policy fits your needs and it's not um, covering you for stuff that's not applicable to you, but that you're also not underinsuring yourself where you have exposures. Um, looking at your deductibles, do you, are, are you more interested in taking, you know, self-insuring a little bit more to relieve the burden of the annual premium for you? Um, those are some things you can look at to bring down the total cost. And then once again, just making sure that you're with the best programs available, programs being the products provided by the insurers that are applicable to your industry. And that's where working with a broker who's in the market every day and understands your business becomes critical, especially in this large scenario where premiums are increasing significantly. You want to work with someone that knows where we need, where they need to go to achieve the best result possible for their client. Absolutely. So let, let's pivot before we run out of time to commercial real estate investors yeah. and what's going on if I'm buying a multifamily or I'm buying an industrial property. Let's you just take the wheel and go where you want to go on what they need to know. Yeah. So commercial property, commercial real estate is one of the most difficult insurance markets in Texas right now. Um, it has been for the past couple of years. Um, Ever since I got into this industry, it's it's continued to get worse over the time, I would say. So the biggest thing, it plays into what we've talked about before is working with a broker who understands the industry and understands what types of uh, insurers are going to be interested in writing this type of uh, risk, risk being your commercial real estate. Because the insurer that's interested in a class A property, if you have a class A property is different than the insurer that's interested in a class B property. Um, a lot of the companies that we hear of in advertising, they're more after the class A properties, new builds, um, making sure, you know, those types of scenarios. So you want to work with someone that knows where they need to go. That way we're not wasting time. And then two, someone that working with someone that has relationships with these companies and these underwriters, that way you can work to develop the best product available. As people are purchasing real estate, they're holding real estate and looking at their insurance increases. The best thing is your roof age plays a large factor into your rates. Um, if you have a significantly old roof, you're going to get hit with actual cash value clauses in your in your insurance contract. What does contract. that mean? That is a payment schedule. So they're not going to cover your roof to replacement cost if there's a hailstorm that completely damages it to where it's unusable. They're going to say, okay. You, you were on actual cash value, a payment schedule, your roof had a um, had 10 years of life left. So you're only gonna get a payment from the insurance company for those remaining years of usable life for that roof, or you have five years left. So you don't wanna let your roofs, if you want them on replacement costs, you don't wanna let your roofs age too much. Being, you know, investing back into your property, getting that new roof is gonna help your premiums. Um, making sure your wiring is updated and up, you know, up to code, no aluminum wiring, um, and investing in the infrastructure of the real estate, not necessarily just the cosmetics, putting, you know, a new, um, painting it or something like that. You want to invest in the bones of that real estate. That way you're presenting these insurance companies, the best product available. And these underwriters are seeing the progression from these investors or these real estate 
firms investing in their property and they're showing it to the companies. You want to show what you've done over time to achieve the best premium possible. Absolutely. So whenever you've looked at real estate portfolios or individual commercial real estate holdings, where do um, investors get tripped up the most? And like, what's like just a key takeaway that you would say is like most important? I would say a lot, right now, a lot of, there's a lot of change. So within commercial real estate insurance, commercial property insurance, you have two factors in it. You have the rate per, or you have the, uh, the price per square foot that the real estate is valued on for an insurance purposes to get to replacement cost. And then you also have your rate, which is determining partially determining your premium. Historically, um, I would say a lot of properties are undervalued or have been, and it's, so it's working with these firms to increase your values to stay at replacement costs. You don't want to stay below because these, as inflation has come up, costs have increased, materials, labor. So to actually replace that building, what was two years ago has changed and it's far more now. And so that's where people are seeing these really large increases because they're having to also increase their values to keep up with the replacement cost and keep and remain in these insurance programs. Otherwise, some of these firms have a hard deadline or a hard number of we're not writing anything below pick your number per square foot. So making sure that they're updating their values and moving with the firms to continue at replacement costs. I would say that's an area where a lot of people will get tripped up and they don't know which way to head, but you do have to increase your insurance values to remain within that replacement cost. So that that's a that's a big area just to focus on and make sure that you are paying attention to it and that your brokers are paying attention to it. Um, working once again, it ties into working with someone who's constantly in contact with these insurance firms and understanding where they need to be in order to continue to write the product. Man, Garrett, I appreciate you, man. I think very highly of you. If well, uh, you. people want to get in touch with you, man, how, how should they? Best thing is to uh, send me an email or call me. Email is gstarks at insuranceoneagency.com. All right, man. Well, we appreciate you. Have a good one, brother. Thank you. Jake Crandall offers products and services using the following business names, Foster Financial Group or Canvas Financial, Insurance and Financial Services, Emeritus Investment Company, LLC AIC, member FINRA SIPC, Securities and Investments, Emeritus Advisory Services, AAS, Investment Advisory Services, AIC and AAS are not affiliated with Foster Financial Group or Canvas Financial. Information provided should not be considered a recommendation to buy or sell any security. Please contact a financial advisor to discuss your personal financial situation.